a lot of times agency owners or, or agencies are trying to do too much, too much of the wrong thing, not enough. And either they're undernourished or they're overnourished. <laughs> so I started thinking about it like an ecosystem. So like a natural ecosystem, you want to put the right things in the right environment to cultivate a, an environment for, for growth. This is the Authority Builder Podcast. This is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you want to be seen as the leader in your market. We're going to interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're going to share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we have an amazing interview for you. Um, and today, this is part of our series for marketing agency owners. Um, and so if that's you, you want to tune in and listen up. If that's not you, I guarantee you're going to get some business building strategies that you're going to be able to apply. Um, but for you agency owners out there, um, our guest today is probably somebody you've heard of before. I am talking with Jody Sutter. She's the owner of the Sutter Company, and she does business development coaching um, and advisory. And she is the inventor of the Build, Win, Scale system. It's a step-by-step -step process designed to help leaders of small marketing agencies identify and really activate their natural talents for sales and marketing. And I know that's a huge thing for agency owners. Um, and at the end of the day, as you apply that system, you're gonna have a really sustainable approach to uh, growing your business and winning new business. Uh, so Jody started the Sutter company after over two decades of running business development teams for agencies. So she knows her stuff. And uh, she's been invited to speak all over the place at inbound conference uh, for HubSpot, at Traffic and Conversion Summit, at How Design Live. Um, the list is long. So uh, we're, we're really blessed to have her here. So, Jody, welcome to the podcast. Steve, it's really nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. This is one of my favorite topics. Um, and I know it's one of your favorites as well. Yeah, so, it better be. We, yeah, right. We, we talked a little bit about your background, but how did you get to this yeah. stage of your career? Yeah, so um, it's, well, without going into a, a really boring, long story, I've, I'm a career-long business developer. I, I think in some ways a point of difference between me and a lot of other people who do this, a lot of people who do what I do, um, they've got a valuable set of experiences, agency owners who then go into business development coaching. I come at it purely from the business development perspective. So pretty much right out of college, I kind of landed in a business development job. I was actually working for a, uh, a production company. We did special effects for commercials and films, and uh, I was out drumming up business. So from that very early experience, which, by the way, taught me the very basics of sales, I had a great boss and a great mentor, um, I started to then move through different parts of the agency marketing services world from that very transactional type of selling through bigger, um, longer term strategic selling. And um, for those of you who might be listening, who have had experience with larger agencies, business development is quite different. It's more about managing large teams across offices and multi, multi set, multiple sets of deliverables over time. So I also have that experience on the other end. I've learned what worked well there, what what didn't. So after those two decades, which sort of really feels like I'm aging myself, but whatever, I um 
I got to a point where I needed a bit of a lifestyle change. Business development is, is, you know, hard work. And I realized that I had a lot to offer individual agencies and that lifestyle choice. I actually moved from New York City out to East Hampton, New York, which is in the Hamptons, uh, probably known well over the world as a, a sort of premier summer community. I live here year round. We're just finishing at the time of this recording, the summer season. So it's getting nice and quiet while the weather's still great. But um, I really wanted to be able to do something where I could live out here where my life had sort of gravitated. So I started the Sutter Company. And after a few years of uh, really figuring out who I served best, what I realized, I actually applied the same type of exercise and thinking and analysis that I offer my clients. I really looked at who my ideal client was, who I'm making the biggest impact for. And it was the owners of small marketing agencies who were accidental business developers. And each one of them had different types of business development skills, but they also each had struggles. And they get to a point where they realize, you know, what I'm doing is working, but it's not going to get me to the next level. What don't I know? And uh, I need some guidance. And that's usually where I step in. And that's what brings me here today. I hope that was fairly succinct. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you know, everybody has such interesting journeys to where, you know, to, to get to where they are, yeah. at, you know, in their career. And it, it's fun to follow the the growth of someone's expertise because it tells you a lot. Yeah. Uh, it really informs you as to how they can help you. Um, so thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. So oh, I, you're welcome. for small marketing agencies, I know so many of them mm. end up getting pulled in a million different directions. They're they're trying to sort of be everything to everyone often and in a situation where they take on whatever kind of comes along. They might be working in a local community and and because they need to pay the bills, they feel like they're forced to to take whatever comes along. That's right. Yeah. What, are, what are the shifts that happen, I think, for people that get them to wake up yeah. and realize there's a better way? Well, I think, first of all, it's the economics. That's one of them. Um, when I can show, and it's it's not and the economics or and the financials, it's not complicated. When I can show that what they are doing may feel like there's a high level of of potential return because you get an RFP, it feels like a bird in the hand, and yet all that energy goes into it. And you don't have a lot of control over the pitch process, and especially as you said, if you're playing all things to all people then your story is a little weak. Spend all this time putting something together that probably isn't going to get you to the next level. So there's that perception that I try to disabuse some of my agency owners of um, that RFP is better than having a clear target audience and a more proactive approach. Now, just a quick acknowledgement, some of the clients I work with, they work in categories where RFPs are pretty much unavoidable. So. What I also try to do is say, let's be really smart about those RFPs too. But it really starts with understanding who, again, just like what I did for my own business, who do you make the biggest impact for? And once you can identify that, you then are able to shift the way you get your message into the world to make it much more about that audience and less about you. It's another place where agencies really struggle um, because they, you know, words can be very difficult to describe the abstract effect that agencies have on their clients' business, the abstract stuff that they do that makes a big impact. So when you can really talk, when you can address it more to your client and how it impacts a client, that's going to change everything. So 
often there is a scary point where you have to leap off the cliff away from those RF safe RFPs and into a more proactive approach. But what I find is that for agencies who really apply that, it's it's like a relief. They realize that what they can do is so much more efficient and so much more rewarding and the right clients almost sort of land on their doorstep. Yeah, That's, that's not a guarantee, uh, by the way, but in the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. So do you find that it's difficult for agency owners to make the decision to get somewhat specialized? Do they struggle with that? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, sometimes I try not to be too hard. I try not to draw too hard a line because in the end, I want them to get out there. And uh, and if it's going to be, if, we're gonna, if we need to take baby steps first, then let's get them out there experimenting with different ways rather than trying to encourage a wholesale change that may just feel too uncomfortable. You know, a lot of, another way I think about differentiation and specialization is um, it's not just about the target market that you work in. And there are some real concerns about about specializing in a target market. If you work in for real estate companies and the real estate market tanks, you have to be prepared. You have to work in your business model that you may have 18 months of no revenue. So if you're committed to that target, you have to figure it out. But um, so you're vulnerable to a certain extent. But I think the category is only one potential for differentiation. There are also um, the things that you know about a particular consumer audience. There are things that you know and are particularly good at in terms of, uh, of techniques, marketing techniques, technologies. Uh, there is the, the point of view that you might have about how and why your clients should be doing what they need to do. So all these things, I think, combine to create a distinctive profile, maybe not wholly unique. I compare it to DNA in human beings. So you and I, we share the same strands of DNA and yet you and I are wholly different. So I think when you can think about it that way, you realize that it's the package that can be distinctive and then you run on that. Yeah, and I, I love that you don't take kind of a hard line with that. I think that's where people really, they, they struggle, I think, to commit yeah. to it because you've got to feed the the beasts today right you have to keep paying the bills and keep it going and sometimes you need to take a little bit of everything to make that happen as you're trying to pivot right yeah and sometimes i'll also work on sort of the short term versus long term so if we're committed to that long-term sustainability what can we do today to start to introduce that sometimes it's also differentiating ourselves within uh for a certain prospecting category um, but you, know, you also want to be careful there too, because ultimately you want to create a nice, consistent narrative in the marketplace. And uh, that has the potential for maybe not being so consistent in the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about the, this, the, the build, win, scale system that yeah. you take people through. Sure. So I've had a lot of epif epiphanies over the almost decade that I've been running this business. The first one, and actually it stems back to when I first opened my business, my idea was to do outbound prospecting for agencies because I did have that experience of that sort of like really, I don't want to call it hardcore, but um, that really those basic selling skills that a lot of agency business people did not have. 
So I thought, I'm going to do what agencies hate to do, and I'm going to take on their prospecting for them. For a lot of reasons, I ended up moving away from that mostly because I realized I was much happier and more productive and more effective doing the strategy with my clients. But what I noticed is that I was not always effective for them. And it wasn't because I wasn't doing the work. It was because I didn't have the materials I needed to appropriately and effectively tell that story. So I thought, all right. At first I said, I'm only going to take clients on who can answer effectively uh, you know, to, to my satisfaction, three questions. Number one, what are you selling? simple question. <laughs> Number two, who are you selling that to? Number three, how are you selling it? So right there, it's like, what makes you unique or differentiate or distinctive? Who are you? Who do you work for? Who are the people that you make the biggest impact for? And what are the tools and what are the methodologies that you are already that are already working well for you? And usually I got unsatisfactory answers. And so that's when I realized like, wow, there is a lot of help I could be providing agencies around those areas. So that's really about the building. Let's figure out if we need to either redefine or define from the start our ideal client. Let's figure out what makes us distinctive. Team is also a big part of it on the how. Let's make sure that we're not trying to do things that we dislike so intensely that we're never going to do even though we may intellectually understand that it's going to bring us business. I may intellectually understand that writing 15 emails to complete strangers may result in a meeting, and yet I hate it, so I'm going to always find an excuse not to do it. So let's find, let's figure out what you are good at and develop a strategy there. So usually what I found, it's very rare that I code, that I find an agency that says, yep, our foundation is great. We have built a strong foundation. So usually there's a little work there. Now, once you have that, we can move into the winning part. And the winning part is about strong marketing in the in the marketplace. Some agencies are more disposed to a marketing-led new business strategy than others. Strong sales, uh, tr uh, sales skills and process as well. Once that prospect show some interest, what do you do from there? Do you have a process and are the right people engaging? And then the closing, uh, the closing tools. Are we actually getting in front of the our audience? Are we getting in front of the client? And when we are in front of the client, are we convincing them we're the right solution? And then are we closing the business? From there, once you have those two things confidently in place, now you can start to think about scaling. You can start to think, well, who else do I need to round out my team, whether they're internal or external, uh, that we, someone we need to hire, maybe freelance, maybe full-time, that will allow us to continue to evolve and grow our strategy. Uh, so like I said, it's linear, but it's also cyclical because typically once you're getting to the scaling point, often there's a moment where you have to go back and say, you know what, let me go back and look at our elevator pitch, is that still working? Is our target audience still the right target audience? Are we making the right offer? Uh, I've also started to develop a scoring system because what I realized is like, business development is, is it isn't an, isn't squishy. It's not squishy because what's the revenue? On the other hand, there are so many things that go into winning a, a piece of new business. And I think there are other things that indicate success besides revenue, like consistency, like growth of 
perception in within your target audience. So I have developed a scoring system that we use as a benchmark throughout our um, our work together. And by the way, I'm, I do have a, a, um, a marketing version of that. I'd be happy to include a link in the podcast so people can take that. It's called the the built to win assessment, and they can go back and see where where am I scoring high and low, and the obviously the low stuff is probably where we need to pay attention. Yeah, I love that, and that, I appreciate you sharing that. We'll link that up. Uh, if you'll get us that link, we'll we'll link it in the show notes. Um, and so, talk a, a little bit about some of the challenges that agency owners run across as mm-hmm. they're going through each of the phases. So when they're in the build yeah. phase, what are the, the big things they should be thinking about trying to overcome? Uh, the big thing would probably, the biggest thing is probably the a sense of, I again, I hesitate using the word fear, but I'm just going to go for it because I think there is a lot of fear around committing to something that might be a little different. Uh, and shifting away from the familiar, even if the familiar isn't so productive. But usually, often what I find is by the time agencies come to me, the the pain is so acute that they can't not ignore it. They're, they're unable, they should, really shouldn't ignore it anymore. They don't want to ignore it anymore. So that's around the building. There's probably a certain sense of fear of, and fear of the unknown as well. That's also something I try to help my clients mitigate. I think one of the reasons that keeps people away from business development is the sense of, well, I've tried that, or I've tried this, I've tried that, and nothing worked. Or uh, what if I invest in this now? Is it is it going to be as unsuccessful as all the other things I've tried? So even though they need to do something, there's a sense of like, what if this doesn't work? And then there's a certain retreat. I'm like, well, maybe we should just do what we've always been doing. So that's probably the biggest thing in the the build uh, build phase. Do you ever find that? I mean, I, I hear that a lot from from folks as well. I've tried a million things and none of them ever worked. And yeah. the more I've dug into that, I, yeah. I, I tend to find that maybe they just haven't done enough of it. Do you ever run across that where they just if yeah. they just persisted a bit? Yeah. And usually, again, there's probably a weakness somewhere in that build win scale uh, um, uh, continuum. So one, they probably, yeah, I tried it for a few weeks and it didn't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you know, you're, you know, you're an expert and writing and helping companies write expert, uh, authority oriented books to get the word out and also ideally generate leads. Writing a book takes time and you have to be willing if that's the kind of strategy that's going to work really well for you and your agency, there has to be a certain amount of faith unfortunately, I guess, to know that it requires that dedication to put put into the put in the work and have that plan for then leveraging it in the end. But it's not going to take four weeks. I know you probably have a really efficient process, but it is going to take time. Yeah. Um so that is one thing, yes, that leap of that leap of faith. But it's also knowing that, you know, if the, if writing a book isn't right for you, then maybe getting you out on the speaker circuit is better. And maybe you're actually, I don't work with a huge amount of agency owners that are really strong in going out and selling. Some of them are, uh, and they're never going, they're never going to develop content, thought leadership content. So, okay, let's, let's abandon that. And let's really focus you on getting out there and prospecting. And in year two, we can think about how to maybe supplement your strengths with content development, either whether it's your partner or a team or a freelance team, uh, group that you bring in. 
Yeah, I, and I, I kind of the... lost track of your original question. Hopefully, well, I no, I, that's all great. I, and I love <laughs> the fact that you really lean on on strength of the owner. I, I I've discovered this as yeah. well. I'm working with businesses that I, I would give people the just the perfect marketing strategy. You know, years yeah. ago, early in my career, and it didn't fit the personality of the business owner. So yeah. they're like, oh yeah, this is really cool. I'm excited about it. And then they realize, nah, this they, they wouldn't express it that way, but they knew there was a disconnect. It didn't feel natural yeah. for them. It didn't feel good to them. And so very quickly it got abandoned. And then, yep. you know, it makes it actually much harder for them to do the next thing because, you know, when they've failed at so many things, they start to believe nothing will work. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It also, I'm completely, I'm with you, that I'm completely committed to the idea that it must start, doesn't necessarily have to end, and it doesn't have to be only the agency owner, but it's got to start with the agency owner because, and it also it's not always democratic. That's the other, that's the other flaw that I see is when I bring, when I come into an agency and I do workshops or I start to work with more than the agency owner, there's the sense that they want to give people an opportunity to express opinions, which by the way is great. But then they also give, along with those opinions, they're like, well, we should make this decision together. I'm like, nope, <laughs> the owner, you should listen to your team. You should look at their, their strengths and you need to make the decision about what we're doing because they're looking to you for that leadership. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So as they get further along, they get into the scale phase. That's where everybody wants to yeah. be, They right? They want to get to yes. where, hey, I can scale the business. What comes yeah, up there? Most, that, most people, or they think they do. Right. So what, what <laughs> comes up there as the, the kind of obstacles that are most common? Yeah. Yeah, that I think is a little bit around uh, overwhelm and what mm. do we do first? What are the tools that we need in place? How do we, how do we implement how do we write and and then implement and get people to follow a process? Uh, so again, I like to break it down into you know one to three things at a time, and this is also where the, the sort of the squishiness or the qualitative aspects of success and business development come in versus the quantitative. Because a lot of times that qualitative stuff are are things like you know this is this year we are our objective is to get a new CRM in place that are, is going to help us effectively track our leads and get more people involved or whatever the objective is with a CRM, the obvious objectives. So that is not necessarily going to lead to re revenue directly. Eventually it will, but we need to, you know, if it's, it can't be, well, we've got to get a CRM in place and we got to rewrite all our case studies and we've got to do um, a new website and we've got to start promoting ourselves to these events to start speaking one to three things, and sometimes only one. And then usually what I do is I offer my clients um, a 12-week sprint format, which is you know 12 weeks is long enough to get things done and yet short enough to feel a sense of urgency. So that's the other thing I feel like with annual plans, and believe me, I am guilty as charged. I wrote a lot of annual plans that I was not very good at implementing, but so much work goes into a big annual plan and getting people's buy-in and presenting and refining and, and then nothing happens uh, for a lot of reasons. So that 12-week sprint, first of all, it's simpler and you're focused on certain things. You've got longer-term objectives, but you are you are getting to them. You are you are you are 
is succeeding at those milestones in order to get the bigger objectives. So that's one technique I use. Yeah, well, and I, I love that. That just gives people easy to achieve milestones along the way. And, and then you get there yeah. quick, more quickly because you're focused. So that's I right. know you talk a lot about the idea of a, a new business ecosystem. Yeah. Explain what you mean by that and, and how to create it. Yeah. So that's another epiphany I had on the way is that a lot of times agency owners or, or agencies are trying to do too much, too much of the wrong thing, not enough. And either they're undernourished or they're overnourished. <laughs> so I started thinking about it like an ecosystem. So like a natural ecosystem, you want to put the right things in the right environment to cultivate a, an environment for, for growth. The wrong things are going to die. Too many of the even too many of the right things are going to compete and uh, and not thrive, um, and so all those things that go into that new business ecosystem. Going back to some of the things we'd already been talking about, are we positioned right? Do we have our ideal uh, our ideal client well defined? Am I as the agency owner drawing on my own strengths effectively? And if I am, what are the most important things that I need to be doing? in the next 90 days to get to my my annual goal so that I am cultivating that ec ecosystem. And let's say it's writing a book. Am I contacting someone like Steve Gordon with all my great ideas so I have a coach who can help me move through that process? And then as that book starts to come together, you look at your ecosystem and you're like, you know what? This ecosystem now has... Um, you know, the system is up and running. Now I can start thinking about adding a few things in here. Like if my book is going to be published in a couple of months, maybe I need to get a publicist to help me with that. Maybe now I need to get someone in here or draw someone on my team to help me find the places where I should be speaking to promote this book. Um, and again, how, how is that? Are you, how are those things then generating leads? And, and ideally they are generating leads and what are you doing with them? So that's kind of what I mean by that ecosystem. If you try to do it all at once, it wouldn't survive. Uh, and if you tried, if it was just an idea in your head, <laughs> it also, it wouldn't thrive. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and it, it sounds like you're just adding pieces to it kind of continually over time and building it out. Yes. yes. Uh, sometimes uh, I think it's mm -hmm. always just like, again, just like a natural ecosystem, it's always evolving. Uh, mm -hmm. may, there may not be a wholesale change, but there probably is a certain point where there is sort of a, a successful stasis. And maybe, I don't know, I think about the terrariums we used to build as kids and, you know, first grade. I love those things. You know, eventually maybe you want to transplant to a bigger terrarium because you are successful with, uh, with growing your ecosystem. Uh, but sometimes you can look at what you have and you say, you know what, this is really satisfying. I know what I, I know what produces leads. I'm getting the clients that I really like. I'm at a happy level of of growth, and uh, and this is good. I don't know yeah. if all agencies want to. I mean, I know it's yeah. For most agencies, they want to grow successfully. Many want to grow to scale so that they can sell, but um, but I don't think that's also that's universal either. No, I, I don't think it's universal. I, I, the, the one thing that I have found that is pretty universal is people want to grow to a place where they feel like they have breathing room yeah. at a minimum. You know, yeah. um, it, it can be such a, a pressure cooker to have to sell the business and then fulfill the business and manage the clients yeah. and, you know, all of that. And I think 
you know, that's exciting in the beginning for a lot of agency owners because they get to apply all of the various creative skills that they've got. And usually they're the best creative mind in the, in the business, right? That's why they started. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But they get pulled more and more and more away from that and they get more responsibilities Mm -hmm. piled on and it eats up more of their time. And I think that just frustrates people. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think every business wants to scale. I actually think that's a minority of the businesses. A lot of people will talk about it, but they don't really want what comes with that right. uh, in true yeah. scale. I mean, over, you know, eight, nine figures. Uh, and most yeah. a- most agencies aren't going to do that anyway. Um, but they want to get to a point where they have breathing room. And really what you're talking yeah. about is a systematic approach to getting yeah. there that sets you up yeah. to scale beyond if you want. Yeah. The bad news, I guess, for me is that, you know, I'm sort of, I am like that, that really good physical trainer who is going to, over time, get you into the shape you want to get in. I am not the Ozempic of business development. (laughs) Um, And there are probably others out there who could maybe help you move the needle faster by bringing in lots of prospects. I don't know. But, um, you know, for some agencies, that's what they want. They're not the ones for me. For others, they want to work with a trainer to say, I want to change my habits. I want long-term success. I want my feel, my team to feel bought in. I know that I need to lead this and make that that shift towards me being the leader of business development before I can offload some of those responsibilities. And then that's the, the time an agency owner usually calls me. Yeah. Well, you know, we see a lot of those offers out there right now for people who will flood yeah. your agency with prospects, right? You, you can't yeah. open up Instagram or YouTube yeah. without getting that in your feed. And yeah. the interesting thing about that is that, I mean, those, those things certainly work to some extent, but I for think- For some they agencies, tend, they do. Yeah. And, and, but not for all and, and, and probably for fewer than you would imagine. Um, they, they, they own, tend, you know what? They they work for the agencies that are have 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 gone through the build foundation or yeah. built a foundation and have gone through the win phase. So they already know they've already they've, they can give the prospector the tools they need to be successful. And when the leads come in, they know how to close them. And otherwise, it's not a good idea. Well, otherwise, I, I think what it tends to create is a chaotic business because yes. you don't have those systems in place. And so yeah. really the, the best thing for somebody to do is work with someone like you to build the foundation before they scale, you know, and, and I see that have people get things out of order. The order of operations, just like in math class in high school, the order of operations matters yeah. a lot. Um, right. And so I think building that foundation is really, really important. So if, yeah. if, you know, if we imagine for a moment, the agency owner that's listening to this and mm-hmm. they're, they're in the chaos, you know, and they want to get out of the chaos. What's the first thing that they should do um, hmm. right now as they're listening? Uh, well, maybe the the first thing might be to go take this assessment. They probably already know hmm. where they're weak, but this um, it's not wholly unemotional, but it gives you again gives you that that benchmark, and it also helps you see where things are going well. So I think that's the first thing is what's um. What needs the most help right now? So if you're scoring really high on your foundation, we tell our story well. We've got a strong elevator pitch. Our clients are clearly defined and we have a lot of success with them. But the the chaos is in the pitching, maybe because you're pitching too much, maybe because you don't have a good closer. Um, 
then that's where that now we can start to solve the problem. So that would probably be the first thing. And then the next thing I think would be once you see where those weak spots are to prioritize. Um, I don't know. Do you ever, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I work with agencies. A lot of agencies are starting to use the EOS entrepreneurial operating system. And sometimes oh, I think about what I do is like EOS for new business. So one of the things, one of the great things about EOS is that they say, look, you're going to have a lot of issues, but you're not going to tackle them all at once. Let's get them on that list and let's identify which ones we're going to deal with first. That are the biggest priority. It's the same thing there with business development. So let's like figure out what the biggest priority is. And then maybe think about how to structure, how to tackle that in a 12 week sprint so that you're at least see, you're starting to see some, some, um, some positive action. I think, you know, action begets results. So sometimes a lot of it's just taking the action. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so it, it's so interesting when you put those issues on the list and you start knocking them off, sometimes you'll yeah. knock a few off and the others just disappear. That's right. right. They take yeah. care of themselves. And so there's a lot of power in that yeah. approach. I love that. Well, so we'll link to the assessment in the show notes. So folks, wherever you're listening to this, it'll be in the notes in your podcast player. It'll be on our website with this episode uh, so that you can go take uh, the assessment that Jody's put together. I really recommend you do that. Uh, so Jody, where can people find out more about you if they want to learn a little bit more about how you work with, uh, with agencies? Kind of the obvious places. First of all, you can always email me directly. I'm at Jody with a Y, J-O-D-Y, at thesuttercompany.com. Uh, you can also go to my website, thesuttercompany.com. Uh, you can also check me out on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all the time as well. So just do a search for Jody awesome. Sutter and should be find me pretty easily. Great. Well, we'll yeah. link all of those things up again in the show notes. So folks listening, you'll have an easy way to get to that. Um, this yeah. has been fantastic, Jody. I appreciate you investing a little bit of time with me today to, to share You're your wisdom. Welcome. And uh, I know it's going to help a lot of agencies. I hope so. I hope so. That's my mission. I want to make, you know, I want agency owners to, I want to put them in a position where they can control their business development destiny. That's my goal. I love it. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.